Welcome to the Big Data Perspective. What's current in big data? Today we're delving into the buzz with Scott Now, CTO at Hortonworks, about everything from data as cultural heritage to big data in the cloud. I'm Andrew Brust of Datamere, and this is the Big Data Perspective. Scott, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks again for being here. And we have we have kind of whittled things down to a few questions. Uh, I I tend to find that once we go into one or two of them, we want to we want to delve you know and do half an hour on each. But we'll try and keep it high level, um, be respectful of everyone's time, and you know to kind of started. I thought a nice way maybe to frame the conversation is. Some of the cliches around big data, people tend to get very starry-eyed about what big data technology can do, anything from, you know, curing cancer or otherwise saving lives. And then, and then on the other end of it, people tend to get very pragmatic and talk about how big data can, you know, improve concepts or increase efficiency. So uh, the uh, ends of the spectrum from, you know, from the very aspirational to, um, you know, the very buttoned-down, uh, pragmatic and mundane side of things. Maybe in the middle there you have a favorite application of big data that you'd be comfortable telling us about. Well, you know, I think, frankly, my favorite big data application is the one that we haven't heard about yet, but it's coming next week. Um, and, and I'm being a little facetious there because obviously the way you've laid it out is very true. Big data, the data itself, the technology stack, the new way of thinking, the new way of collaborating around data and analytics is really enabling some very interesting use cases that, you know, frankly weren't possible six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. And, and it's really this confluence that we're finding a lot of really interesting things. And it's anywhere from, you know, frankly, in, in many cases, we weren't able to capture and store the data before. And so we're, we're just now, because of some of the new technologies and platforms and, you know, the, the continuation of, of Moore's Law and, you know, compute and data storage capacities increasing, we're actually now able to store stuff that used to get thrown away. And we can store it in, in its native format, and then we can apply tools and, and analytic technologies to that data to go find things that we didn't know about before. And that's what's creating this buzz anywhere from saving lives and, yeah, you know, curing cancer ultimately is something that we all uh, look forward to having happen. And, and when you just think about how technology is enabling a much more refined look at a much larger set of data points and much more accurate treatments in, uh, in cancer treatment, as one example, is really, is really exciting. But it goes across any industry. And I think, like I said, the thing that excites me the most is the stuff that we're, that we're going to find next. And, and how we're going to build on that by taking advantage of this this new uh, this new technology stack, and and it's it's not just the new technology stack, but frankly, it's it, that's an enabler, and you know, combining with obviously lots and lots of data being created 
from sensors and edge devices and wearable devices and our cars and, you know, everything, you know, kind of creates data. Um, but it's being able to collect that and apply those analytics. And it's not just about the technology, but it's also about how the technology is getting deployed as a collaborative kind of thing. You know, the we've moved away from mainframes, obviously, you know, a long time ago as kind of central processors and, and certainly mainframes still exist, but we've moved away from mainframes as the center of the universe, right? And, and then, you know, the next thing was client server. I would argue that in this new open source world, right, user-centric kinds of communities are emerging. And so it's a combination of having the data, having some really cool breakthrough big data tools, but also the collaborative environment that exists that's very different than, we, than where we've been as an industry. Interesting. And um, not only interesting, but you wittingly or unwittingly kind of provided a nice segue in, into the next question. I'm going to have to think about what you said with regards to collaboration and see if I can bring that back in the conversation. But in the meantime, one of the things you mentioned is how we now have the the capability to to retain really a ton of data that before uh, we just couldn't, right? The economics of storage were such that um, retention of that data was just not feasible, and now it is. But ironically, now there's there's getting to be a concern, um, not around the capability to retain the data, but policy around what gets retained um, and what doesn't. There's buzz going around about data as cultural heritage, and and maybe government data, open data, uh, is a big part of that. There has been some concern, for example, without getting terribly political, that certain data around climate change might or might not be uh, archived um, and, you know, and kept for perpetuity. So my question then is what do you feel is kind of our responsibility, our, I guess, as, you know, as citizens or as an industry towards preserving data? Um, and, you know, what, what do you think should be done to live up to that responsibility? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, uh, you know, one, even one of the predictions that I've talked about uh, for some time is that data is really becoming everyone's product. So whether you're, whether you're an automobile manufacturer, whether you're a chip manufacturer, whether you're a consumer products company, your product is not just your product. Your product is also, and certainly value to your business, is your data, the data that your product collects. Uh, when it's being used, which can be used for, you know, understanding warranty claims. It can be used for understanding how features get used and improving the product. I mean, just uh, data about how customers interact with the products. All those things really become really important assets. And if you take it one step further, kind of into more public domain, yeah, the data that we collectively we collectively create is is our cultural footprint, and uh, it's important, uh, and I think will become increasingly important. Just think about um, uh, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? That's data from like a really long time ago, and it's precious. Uh, and unpacking it has led to lots of interesting insights, and and um, and 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 so on. So you know those historical artifacts our data and we think about fast forwarding to today, the data that we create become our historical artifacts and footprints. 
and so I think increasingly become you know very important. I think there's been a lot of goodness in in terms of you know a lot of public data that is available uh, freely uh, that's been created, and it would be great for us uh, as a society to figure out ways to enable uh, more of that. The flip side, of course, is um, understanding how to protect privacy, how to protect individual rights in, in that context. And I think that there is still some technology and, frankly, some policy to be developed uh, around that as well, and that will be uh, increasingly important over the next decade. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, too. <laughs> you mentioned Dead Sea Scrolls, so I guess, I guess we have to think about uh, – you know, some of the data being in other languages, even even languages like Aramaic that uh, that aren't in use anymore. But um, it's uh, it's still That's why it's, on read is really important. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much for uh, for highlighting some possi possibilities and capabilities, both of HortonWorks technology and of data mirrors. But um, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole notion of ethics is, is interesting. Once upon a time, I was a developer. And, you know, when I kind of moved into the enterprise sphere, I learned that when we built applications to main, do, you know, maintenance on data, we we didn't we didn't put a delete function in, and it, at first that just kind of confused me. And then later, you know, I gained an appreciation for how data just never ought to be deleted. But that was then in a transactional uh, setting where the data volumes were much smaller. And now, although we have the ability to store so much of it, that doesn't that doesn't mean we want to because uh, you know the notion of being a pat rack, uh, a pack rat, excuse me, gets uh, gets gets really serious when you're talking about the high volume. So it definitely leaves a lot of uh, food for thought. I guess a lot of that data gets stored in the cloud. Um, then it sort of becomes a mess that's stored somewhere else if it is a mess. But of course that that has cost as well. But that kind of segues into the whole question of doing big data in the cloud, um, you know, in the hype-driven environment that our industry lives in, we hear a lot about that, but at least according to one or two sources, the portion of the worldwide analytics market uh, that's in the cloud is only about 17% by spending right now. So meanwhile, you know, we know Hortonworks is in the cloud in a number of respects, and, you know, Microsoft's Hadoop offering is actually based on uh, Hortonworks data platform. So clearly you guys are cloud believers. What, what do you think needs to happen for companies to really start investing in, in the public cloud uh, specifically and to get beyond just having, you know, one or two kind of skunk works projects there, but really having it be a, a mainstream choice? Well, I think that that is happening now. You know, the world, you know, went to the cloud and, you know, for some time and, and, and to your point and the studies I think are representing it kind of data-centric, analytic-centric um, applications and workloads have been slow to adopt relative to the rest of the market, right? And I think that happens for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, certainly one is that um, 
you know, some of the early cloud uh, adoption really happened in places where there was an economic incentive to go do it. Uh, application processing and 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 uh, that are very light in data but heavy in processing. You know, those kinds of things, moving to a cloud, there's an economic uh, advantage because, you know, while they're processing intensive, they might only use a small portion of a whole server. So why buy, buy the whole server? Let me just buy the slice that I need. And even with a premium, uh, you know, for profit for the cloud provider, there's an economic incentive to go do it. And then you get all of the ease of use and all the other uh, advantages uh, as well. So, you know, a lot of things that went quickly kind of fit that footprint. When you think about data, there are a couple of things, right? Data has has mass, it has gravity, and, you know, data movement can, can be expensive. So that's like one big thing. The second thing is if you think about your company's data, you know, and the analytics on your company's data being highly um, uh, valuable, uh, being highly proprietary, being highly differentiating. I think there were in, in early days, there were some concerns about security and privacy of leveraging uh, public cloud technology. And, and by the way, I don't know that they were necessarily technologically valid, but there were those and still can, are some of those lingering concerns that, that cause, you know, hey, do I really want to put this out there, um, you know, because I really want to protect it. Uh, and like I say, I think technologically that's a little bit um, untrue, and and we're starting to see people realize, yeah, that you know that there's safety numbers, and 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 we can depend on this uh, as a platform. But then you do get into kind of the notion of uh, data gravity, um, and the expense uh, and the latency involved in moving data from place to place. So I'll take that and turn it back around. I think part of the reason that you'll see rapid adoption of cloud for data and analytics is around that gravity where there's a lot of data being created at the edge in the IoT space that will actually be created and live first in the cloud. And so in that regard, uh, that will be kind of the first choice because that's where it lives already. Why move it if I can simply do what I need to do and kind of play it where it lies? And so I think as we move into the IoT era, you'll start to see more of that. And in fact, I think you'll see um, you know, very much unlike what's happened in the IT industry for the last 40 years of centralizing and converging, I think you'll see a lot of this play at where it lies, where you'll end up with uh, data footprints in multiple places. And that's really why, you know, certainly at Hortonworks, we talk about connected data platforms, being able to connect the data, being able to push applications around this grid of data where data lives, whether it be in the cloud or on-prem or in multiple cloud footprints is going to be differentiating in the future because it'll just take too much time and be very costly to move all of those hundreds of petabytes or exabytes of data all over the place. So play it where it lies becomes an important thing. And like I said, in IoT space, a lot of that data is going to be created and live in the cloud. So I think that's where, you know, combining with what I said earlier, that people are trying to, to have more trust. Uh, and more confidence in the security and privacy implementations of public cloud. Um, so attitudes are changing, but also uh, the data proximity is changing as well. And that's why uh, cloud will be, will, you'll start to see a bigger uptake in cloud. But I don't think it'll be exclusively cloud. I think it'll be multiple clouds and multiple on-prem footprints for many very large customers for some time, getting back to the whole notion of the gravity of data.
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I think what you're saying is in, there's gravity, which means there's also a certain amount of inertia. And if that inertia kind of biased people towards on-prem before, it may actually bias people towards the cloud in the future uh, because so much data is going to is going to originate there anyway. Um, or originate at edge devices and then coalesce in the cloud, et cetera. So that, that makes sense. And um, it kind of, it segues nice into uh, some discussion of predictions. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I actually write about uh, big data for ZDNet, and I put together a piece at, at the end of 2016 that compiled uh, predictions for 2017 from uh, a, num a number of, of figures in the industry and a number of companies. It, it's quite the it's quite the exercise in, in editing and, and compilation. Um, I've seen everything from you know all kinds of uh, all kinds of almost platitudes now around artificial intelligence and even the notion of automation and its impact. Uh, unemployment, things of that nature. I could go into a lot more detail, but again, I want to keep things kind of time efficient here. I have a, I have a really kind of tricky, maybe counterintuitive question for you, which is, you know, I imagine you've reviewed a lot of predictions, maybe even formulated some um, yourself. Have you come across predictions that uh, that you actually feel strongly are are incorrect that won't take place, or at least won't take place this year, uh, that you find far, far off the mark. Um, are there are things that you've seen predicted that you really feel, for example, won't be happening in the next five years or so? And if so, you know which ones leap leap to mind? Well, I think this gets back to um, what I was mentioning when we. Uh, uh, in, in that last uh, question, and that is, I I see many uh, experts and vendors talking about converged systems and the rise of converged systems, and 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 I think things are actually going exactly the opposite direction. Where and, and that's and that's why you know again when when we brand. Um, the Hortonworks data platform, we talk about connected data platforms, and we think the notion of being connected is much more important than the notion of being converged, because we do believe there's going to be so much data created at the edge where there's very little economic value to bringing it together to a centralized system. If you can actually run the analytics at the edge, it's much more efficient, and it's going to be much more scalable over time. And you think about edge devices and how smartphones, you know, the the uh, smartphone that I carry has the equivalent of a you know crazy supercomputer from 20 years ago, right? So the edge is getting um, a lot of capacity to do processing as well. So why not take advantage of that? And so I really do believe this whole notion of convergence, while it sounds really great and appealing, because you know for many years it, it, it's been about hey let's get everything into a central ERP system and a stack, and we're going to take cost out, we'll be highly efficient and all that kind of stuff. This new world is the opposite of that. And, and so figuring out ways to have portable and collapsible applications that can run at the edge, that can run all over the grid of data that's going to exist in this new footprint, I think that's where it's at. And so I, I tend to be completely the opposite of the converged uh, 
predictions. Okay, fair enough. Um, and yes, on this series, we, we talked to a number of folks, and including those uh, who, might, who might feel that the convergence is taking place. It's always good to kind of hear from, from all sides, if you will. Um, all right, let's, and, let's and, take and Along those lines, by the way, there may be some micro-convergence inside of this connected platform, right? So, you know, naturally, uh, think about the evolution of Hadoop and big data, right? Some of the early Hadoop stuff was very single application, very batch-oriented. Now with Hadoop 2.x, arguably you have multi-tenancy, multi-application. So there's convergence of physical platforms. But I, right. I, but that's, I call that micro-convergence because that's kind of inside of a broader data fabric that's growing exponentially. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. And, you know, uh, if I wanted to be kumbaya about it, I, I could say you guys are in some ways saying the same things, just that, you know, workflows are able to overlay into into a converged platform, but at the same time, the, the diversity of data and the sources and the locations and the, the, the grid that you mentioned a couple times, um, especially when we were talking about the cloud, kind of underscores the fact that, you know, we're certainly not going to get everything in, in one neat little repository. That's, that's, just, uh, that's just history. Um, let me take you more onto the positive side of predictions, though. Uh, you spent obviously a ton of your career, not just in the big data world, but in the data warehousing world uh, before it, having been at, at Teradata. Um, uh, at this point, um, you know, what are what are your predictions uh, for the year 2017 based on trends that you've you've seen come and go? Maybe you're even seeing some patterns in the big data world that you already saw play out in the BI world and in the, the data warehousing world. Um, but even if you haven't, just really eager to kind of hear a couple of, a couple of uh, uh, pieces that are, really, um, that are really prominent for you in the upcoming year. Well, I think one of the big things is this notion of data in motion um, that uh, that I and we have been talking about a little bit. So, you know, we hear about Hadoop and big data and all that kind of stuff, and, and they're all really great. And then there, there's also a lot of buzz in the marketplace about, well, what about streaming and streaming analytics and uh, all that kind of stuff? And, and I think there's this bigger play out there that's going to mature and morph, you know, soon, and it's happening kind of in real time. And, and I lump it into this notion of data in motion. And, you know, being driven by edge devices, being driven by IoT, when you think about it, I don't think the world is just about streaming uh, or streaming analytics or CEP or any of those individual technologies. It's really about how do you manage moving data, data that hasn't landed anywhere yet, but it's just moving through a pipeline, through a workflow across a sensor network. Um, and, and there's a combination of things that are important there, including data flow management, um, uh, encryption and protection and provenance of data that is in motion, uh, making sure that, y you know, if you, if you get a signal in from a sensor somewhere like uh, airbag deployed in an automobile, is it real? Because if it is, 
obviously there's some very immediate and important action that needs to be taken. So is there provenance back to, to guarantee that those signals are correct and it's not noise uh, in the system? And so there's a whole category of new stuff going on in that space as it relates to just managing the flow of data in motion. Then inside of managing the flow, I think obviously streaming, stream analytics, simple event processing, complex event processing, windowing, and all of those kinds of functions become important. And so I do believe that we'll see a lot of maturity in and around uh, this whole space of data in motion uh, and kind of a, a consolidation of technologies and a consolidation of processes being driven by all the data that's just flying around us uh, all the time and trying to manage and harness it more effectively. And just as a follow-up there, are you seeing that manifest or, or do you foresee it manifest in terms of, you know, just the industry having greater sophistication around it and developing tooling and, and features and capabilities? Or maybe, and I'm leading you here a little bit, but so be it, the application of stuff we already do, machine learning and um, kind of automated application of that, to help make that, you know, manage that complexity um, through, through technology so that, you know, the poor, the poor data engineers, data scientists, and, and especially business users aren't, aren't so overwhelmed with it. Is it, is it going to be about tooling or is it going to be about kind of algorithmic uh, handling of that, uh, of that complexity? Yeah, I mean, as with anything, I think it's more the former near term and more the latter longer term. Right. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think that I think it's kind of a, a realization of, gee, this is a whole new problem set to go solve. And so what's the first thing that we're able to do? We can go tool it, measure it, monitor it, understand it, build the flows, manage it. And then we can become more sophisticated over time. By the way, eating our own dog food, right? We've got this really cool um, analytics and machine learning algorithms that we can run in the Hadoop space. And so now that we're you know, once we set those flows up and have the tooling, certainly we can we can leverage uh, leverage that to go to the the next level. But I think, but I think this whole notion of um, you know streaming is hot, and 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 then you know the the vendors pushing specific technologies and so on, and streaming is hot. But I think it's a part of a bigger context that I call data in motion, which is a more broad space. And I think the, the market, and certainly we're seeing our, our customers demand a little bit more uh, in that space as, as they look out at how they can go build next generation kinds of applications. And I think the really cool thing that comes, you know, as a derivative of that is, you know, not only can we now manage data in motion and understand it and apply tools to it, but then can we take the analytics that we build that were traditionally for data at rest and push them out into that network? And so the the analytics and the models that we build on petabytes and exabytes of historical data, they're very accurate. Um, can we start pushing them out in, in, the, uh, in the network to the data as it's moving? And, and as such, we can be more proactive about the offers that we make to consumers, we can be more proactive and have lower latency on the actions that get taken from signals that are processed. 
Mm, okay. You, I, I don't know to, if, whether to feel uplifted or a little, a little cynical that you've, you've kind of uh, actually, I think quite astutely reduced a lot of product cycles into, you know, for, <laughs> first we, we, we sensitive, we get sensitive to it and we, we develop, you know, we develop tooling around it and management. Um, and then, and then we try and get more, you know, more automated about it. But I, 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 th I think you're right. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's an uplifting message. It shows that we're, as an industry, we're being self-aware about things and also trying not to just sort of go from one problem to the next, but maybe take it more of a meta level and, and, and sort of corral a bunch of problems together into one, you know, kind of one greater uh, uh, management challenge, which is how to, and you've talked, about data in motion, you've talked about the grid, you've talked about kind of the multiple uh, locations and sources of data, the fact that there's gravity, the fact that there's still the need for portability. So I think you've given us today a really nice overview of all the all the different um, ways that the same bigger question manifests and hopefully in 2017. Um, that's something as an industry we can take on, and I'm just willing to bet that's something that, that Hortonworks is going to be focused on. So uh, thank you so much for being here. I think that was um, a, really good, a really good note to end on, and uh, I, will, I will wish you and Hortonworks a great 2017. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. And yeah, I think, you know, based on the, the, the comment, I would say it should be uplifting. I think we as an industry are very data driven. So let's tool it and let's build advanced algorithms around it. Have a great 2017. Thanks. And thanks everyone for being here.